Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios in the great state of New Hampshire and the Gurkha Cigar Studios in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Kevin Acuff. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am once again broadcasting from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios, but as of a few weeks ago, from the great state of New Hampshire. That's right. And... From fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, from the Gurkha Cigar Studios, it's Kevin Aiko. And tonight... What's happening? Tonight, we don't have a guest. And we wanted to have a little more fun. You know, we've been doing Cigar of the Year stuff. We've been doing the awards. We have a... Kevin, I know you won't be on Spare Notes this weekend, but we have a pretty long show planned for Saturday night with Coop. And I think Mitchell's going to be in there to fill in for you. So we figured, hey, let's have some let's have some fun this week, and uh, we're gonna talk about uh, some rum. We got some cocktails. We got rum with us. I have a couple kinds of rum. I know you got some. You have some stuff you're probably gonna talk about, and we're gonna just kind of just take it easy and go from there. I'm actually double fisting tonight. That's like a rarity for me. Wow. Well, but these are both these these cocktails that I made. I mean, as soon as you said rum, it's like my mind jumped right to two cocktails because I'm not really. I mean, I like rum, but I'm not a big rum sipper i mean if i do you know i like you know florida county 18 florida county 25 but i actually don't have any of that sitting around the house right now so we kind of had to make do with what we had yeah i don't have any white rum i have some spice rum i got some i have some dark rum but i mostly drink spice rum i have rums from all over the caribbean i have dominican rum I have Cuban rum. I have Guatemalan rum. I have what's that other rum that I have? Actually, what is this one? No, this one's Guat. This this one's Guatemala. I have the Ronza Capo. That's Guatemala. Oh, Barbados. Ronza, uh, that's Ronza Capo twenty three. Yeah, yeah, I do have that one with mm-hmm. me. You know, no, the other one that I have is the uh, is the Bamboo, which is from Barbados. Which it's there's nothing fancy about it. It's there's nothing you know special about it like it's not like a like an expensive bottle it's not hard to get or anything like that i don't it's what i mean by that but but it's it's a nice everyday affordable rum it's got some great notes it's got some f- great flavor it's easy to drink it's easy to mix it's very it's really there's really sh- like it, there's a lot of it, it it's really sugary it's really it's a it is a very sweet rum it is a very sweet rum i just i find it kind of unique the flavor profile and kind of how well it goes with so many different things so that's that's a favorite of mine you know the cuban rums are a little different i have it will it will, we'll get into it more but i also have a I, th- I had oh here it is i also have a cigar with me that i'm gonna smoke tonight on the show i grabbed this because i felt for the flavor profile that i wanted and what i was going for and what i wanted in a cigar I thought this would go well for me. So let's talk about that first, and let's get the show on the road. So our cigars tonight are once again brought to you by the two guys, number two guys cigars.com. If you head over there today, you'll find an amazing selection of cigars and cigar accessories from all over the industry. That's our that's our spot, man. And I now live seven minutes away from there, so it's really convenient. And I pay no taxes on cigars up here, so which is Cool. Rub it in, why don't you? No sales tax or tobacco tax. I get MSRP out the door. Great state of New Hampshire. Here, watch, 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 watch this. Right the, the great, the great state of New Hampshire. 
the great state of New Hampshire, just north of the Democratic People's Republic of Massachusetts, you know, similar <laughs> to the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, you know, this is a, you know, the Soviet Socialist Republic, you know, you know, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you know, there's, there's a theme here. So anyway, the, that's, that's, that's what I got here. So I am smoking a Perdomo Habano Sun Grown in the 6x60, which is a an old school favorite of mine. This was like for my one of my favorites from my early days of smoking cigars. So Wow, is that like one of the like the like the OGs? Like what 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 one is that? Is it just a regular just plain old Perdomo Habano? Yeah, the, the bourbon barrel aged Habanos. Oh bourbon <laughs> you didn't say bourbon barrel aged. I'm like sorry, I I left that out. I know. What that do you was, it's like do you have something like really old school like i can't even remember the ones that what the name of it was with the old the old perdomo bands up yeah the, you know the grand the grand crew i think that's what it was you know we need to we need to talk about that it's like because there's a there's a lot of perdomo cigars i see like old stuff right that predates when i even smoked or even heard the name perdomo and I've always been curious about it because there's a lot of like stuff that's like not around anymore a bit that they don't mm-hmm. make. And I- I'm such anybody who knows me, and Kevin, you know this. I'm I'm so nostalgic, and anything that's like old, I'm obsessed with it. Like I listen to old music, I watch old TV shows, I watch old movies. I, you know, I I'm into old trends. Like I love to read about anything historical, whether it's pop culture or it's like you know, the most random shit that you could think of. Anything that comes from before my time, I'm fascinated by. Like, I'm literally fascinated. I, you could entertain me. I have ADD, so I lose my attention span quickly. <laughs> but you can, no, but you can entertain me for hours with shit like that. And I find it fascinating. I'm like, oh, I don't know why. I don't know why. So like, I was from time to time, I see people post these like, hold on one second. I just have to respond. This. Yeah, um, I stumbled into a uh, into a box the the old Perdomos when I was in Florida on one trip, and I just smoked the last one of them like not that long ago, and it's it's really cool to be able to smoke you know ten year old cigars. Yeah, I, I see I see some of these, and I don't remember a lot of them off the top of my head, but I see these like old Perdomos, and I'm like I'm like intrigued, and I'm like, oh, what I've never seen that before. Now remember, there's a lot of there's a lot of old brands you know that are around that they still make cigars they made you know fucking 60 years ago and you know perfect example look at half the stuff from arturo fuente the hemingway the don carlos those have been around since mm-hmm. before i was born you know so like perdomo like they don't have like a, there's a lot of stuff that they don't make anymore and they're, they're kind of simplified down you know to like their 10th anniversary the 20th anniversary now the 30th anniversary the bourbon barrel age the vintage age 12 year the esv comes and goes from time to time mm-hmm. and then they have some some other like Little stuff that they do, like they make the Garofalos, they do the yellow jackets, they do stuff like that. But like there, there's the there's small batch line was outstanding too. The small batch line, yeah, those are great. But I come I, from time to time, I come across these cigars and I'm like, I'm like, oh, what is that? Like, I want to try it. I mean, I look at the end of the day, like I love Perdomo, like you know, in the media we try to be as, as unbiased as possible, but you know, you have you have to give them credit. It, They've built a reputation because they make very consistent cigars. I mean, every every <laughs> cigar release they've ever come up with since I've been doing media has it's been hard to knock it. I mean, they they've done a great job. So, because of that, you get curious and you're like, "Hmm, 
like what are these other cigars that Nick has made that I don't know, you know, I've never had. And then you start to, you get all excited and now I'm on a tangent about it. See, this is what happens. I get all, I'm fascinated. <laughs> you know what? It's a good tangent. Though, Cause like you said, I mean, there, you know, Perdomo makes very consistent cigars. And I mean, I've said, you know, time and time again, I've said it on this show. I've said it on spare notes. I've knew, I think I might've even written it a time or two when doing a review this, that, as far as from a branding and marketing standpoint, I don't think anybody does it better. I mean, when you walk into a B&M that carries Perdomo, that's a Perdomo dealer, I mean, that display is impactful. It draws the eye. It creates interest. And it's just, it's attractive. It really is. Yeah. And... I, yeah, you have to you have to give them a lot of credit because it's all those little details that they put so much time into. And yeah, I'll be honest with you, I've heard people make you know comments about them like, oh well, you know, what's with you know fucking Perdomo and the suit? And it's like, well, first of all, the guy has class, okay. And I know that in today's day and age, there's a lot of people who don't know what that means. But I was raised in my house that you know you you, you tried to have class or a certain degree of class mm-hmm. and you hold yourself and present yourself in a, in a certain way because it's just the right thing to do I mean, my family is where we're, we're very old school and uh i you know you see the guy at the show he's got the suit on you know he's got his whole family there you see them walking around they all got the, the shirt yeah i mean they're they're a good looking family you know they they got you know they have a good presentation it's just it's all that little stuff and and they show it in their product you know they they, they represent it as a family they put it in the product you know they you see the shelves it's all dressed nice and yeah, I mean, I, I I know there's people that disagree with me, but I, I, you can't hate on you can't hate on on a model like that. I mean, it's it's professional to the core. They do a great job. They make great cigars. They're also one of the only brands that I think almost never has anything on back order. From what retailers tell me, they always you know Nick has always been pretty big on like you know I don't want anyone to wait to give me their money. So if they're ready to give me their money, I'm ready to give them cigars. You know, we talk a lot about oh production delays and delays on this and this and that and oh those cigars are back ordered and oh the cigars are held up. They don't have a lot of those issues. I'm not saying it probably never ever ever happens, but you know because it happens. Shit, I mean, shit, it happens. Shit happens. It shit happens. I mean, but they seem to do a very good job of mitigating it so that it doesn't they do. become a major. So I mean, again, this, this it's hard to find anything negative to say about the Perdomos. Um, Another real positive for me with them is they really try to curtail price increases to the consumer whenever possible. You know, that's when one of the S-chip tax went in, they actually lowered them. They cut out the S-chip tax. That's one of the, that's one of the things that Nick really prides himself in is offering a premium product you know, at the price that you should pay for it versus the inflated with the taxes and with this and with that and whatnot. He tries to really, as, as hard as he can, to not pass the price on to the consumer, which is another reason that it's a stand-up company and a cigar that i'm happy to smoke un memento por favor sorry i just realized i something my cord is not plugged in hold on one second sorry about that don't mind me haha so while you're doing that i'm going to show <laughs> what i am smoking since we're doing a rum pairing i wanted to go through and find kind of as matt did the cigar that i thought would pair very well with rum or rum cocktails, and I landed on the now out of production Camacho Coyular. Hmm. This has always been one of my favorite Camacho cigars. I was sad to see it get dropped. It's probably one of the most 
Cuban of the Camacho wine. It it has a lot of the pro- <clears throat> a lot of the properties that you would get out of a of a higher end Cuban cigar. Yeah, and that's the thing when we were when I was thinking about like what you know what do I want to smoke and what do I want to drink and I was like I don't want to I don't want to get something super mild. I don't want to get something super sweet. To me, I was like, you know, I want to smoke something with a little bit of spice, a little bit of pepper, you know, something like, like sun-grown. That was like Perdomo, sun-grown. As you and I both know, you and I are both big fans of Perdomo sun-grown cigars mm-hmm. as, a, as a blanket. I mean, I know that there's different blends, but, you know, I think we've had this conversation and I've said this publicly. I mean, when it comes to sun-grown specifically cigars, there's ones I favor more than others, but now it's now it's the 30th anniversary. But as a, as a general rule of thumb, Perdomo sun-grown cigars have been mm-hmm. a major favorite of mine on a personal level. So I don't Same know. Here. So, yeah, so something stood out with that to me, and I said I'm going to go Perdomo sun-grown, and I'm going to grab two very different kinds of rum, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do some shit with that. I'm gonna mix them. I'm gonna do them neat. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with it. I want to taste all the aspects of this with this cigar and and just see what I like the most. And that's that's all this is. This this is uh, this show is honestly a glorified hangout session slash experimentation that you guys will get to watch and listen and comment on, which is interesting. So I can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, look at that. We got we got quite <laughs> the audience here. We have Barbara's here. Andy's here. Bill Powers hey, is Andy. here. What's happening, buddy? Chad to Chad is here. Mitchell's hey, my here. Castle Crew Brothers. How you doing, guys? Jason is here. We got a whole gang. Look at this. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hello, all. Thank you for being here. If you're here, comment along, please. Don't forget to ask as many questions as your little heart desires. We will ask them whether they are positive. I mean, answer them uh, whether they're positive, negative. Maybe in between, maybe they're a gray area. I don't care. If you have a question, the only way reason I won't answer it is if it's something just too out of there, and I just don't want to create a can of worms later. But I'll, but for the most part, ask away. Oh, Peter's here. Hangout session is good. That's right. You know, sometimes I'll be honest with you. We needed a show like this. There's been so much shit going on <laughs> the last several weeks. This no, was, this not was at nice. all. This is nice. <laughs> this is nice. I just. No pressure because we got a big show next week. We have a big show next week. Eddie Guerra from Davidoff will be here, which is going to be extra exciting because, you know, for those who saw the last show, we weren't here last week. I was was feeling under the weather and I had some issues I had to attend to physically. So I, w- I really wasn't feeling good. But uh, and then, you know, the family had, you know, stomach bug over the weekend. So it, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a very crappy seven days, but we're, we're back. But the show, bef- you know, two weeks ago. We had a, a, a crowned uh, the Davidoff anniversary number one as our cigar of the year. So it'll be exciting to have Eddie with us next week and talk about that, as well as you know a bunch of other things about Davidoff that have been going on. And we'll we'll get into we'll get into a lot of different stuff. So looking forward to that. It, it'll be fun. It's his first time coming on the show. We haven't done a Davidoff show in quite some time. So Eddie is Eddie's a fun guy to talk to too. Is he can it can go sideways really quick. So. Hmm. Be prepared for it to go off the rails. You know, listen. Especially with somebody as easy to pick on as you. Sorry, Nicole's here. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Nicole uh, Nicole actually brought me a little something, something. 
Oh, is are those the couple of little mint leaves from your little garden? Oh, nice. Thank oh, you. Thanks for pointing out the gray beard, Andy. I love you, brother. You know what's funny? I you know I was gonna comment on this. I I don't mean to call you out, but I I was gonna say you're starting to look like you're a little more white than gray. Well, you know the the I cut trimmed the beard down. I got rid of the yeah, and it does. It, it, it's I got, I got rid of the biker plumage because it's cleaned somebody up. Somebody compare me. Somebody compare me to a homeless guy in Fremont Street. So well, we can't kinda, have, we can't have that. You know, you then, those, uh, let me tell you, those guys down there—they get rough. Let it go back to its natural color, and I'm old and gray. What can I say? Well, it could, you know what? Could have been worse. Someone, someone could have said that you look like one of the mole people. So, this is true. That that that's worse than Fremont Street. I mean, Fremont Street is is Fremont Street, but the mole people—that's a whole other thing. So, I mean, at least you didn't get that. <laughs> See, now I just look old and wise. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like a very young Gandalf. <laughs> you even laugh like him too <laughs> Frodo I know I know but anyway what I was going to say what I was going to say is you mentioned about Eddie you know easily getting off the rails what I think is funny is and you know this I don't think I don't think I don't think you've been on the regular show and done oh man hmm. I can't wait for that show this year yeah which one is that you know which one it is you know which one it is. I've done it with Nicole. I've done it with Mitchell, and I haven't done it with you yet. And if I can do, if I can deal with him once a year for two hours, I can deal with Eddie Gare. I'm sure Eddie Gare is fine. <laughs> if I can deal with him, <laughs> I can deal with anybody. I don't okay. care who you are. And you know what? It'll be fun to have you here with me this time, because now it's just going to be me, you, and him—people that he knows very well. And mm-hmm. he he he's just oh, God, we this might get dangerous. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm this actually gonna get, get to see that guy next weekend. Oh fuck you! I'm so jelly. Andy Meyer is asking, "What is your favorite Perdomo?" You want to go first? I'm gonna say right now because I haven't smoked enough of the thirtieth to to uh, to have a solid opinion at the twelve year. Double-aged, sun-grown. It's my favorite. Oh, this recipe. Sorry, I'm reading the recipe of this drink that Nicole made for me. This is getting Ron Zacapa. This is not getting Cuban rum. No fucking way. What are you making? So, first let me answer Andy's question. I would say, historically, if I had to pick one, it's a sun-grown, I'd probably go 20th. However, since the 30th came out, I've smoked a handful of them, and it's honestly, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, it might be the, the 30th anniversary Connecticut. I, the There's first nothing time, wrong with saying that. The I mean, first, the, the the first time I smoked it, it fucking rocked my world. And I've smoked two of each, and it's hard. The, the Connecticut and the Sun Growing are my top two with the Maduro, and it's right there. Yeah. But none of them are bad no no and that's the thing they're all great yeah that's why it's, it's hard the connecticut and the sun grown play play to my palate yeah and i bounce back and forth you know there's times i want the connecticut and that's what hits it's it it's mood related it really is it really depends on what mood you're in or what you're drinking with it or when, even what time of the day you're smoking it. it has a lot to do with it but 
for me, just an all out all time. If you hand it to me, I'm going to love it every time. This, you know, the sun grown. Sorry, I really wanted to get this a good mix. So I hear, I hear your chemistry experiment going on there. So what are you making? So Nicole made me this. It's called Planter's Punch, likely originating in Jamaica. This rum drink recipe was written in verse in the magazines and newspapers that published it. Here's a short and sweet version from the Kansas City Star in 1903. One sour, one of sweet, two of strong, and one of weak. Our planter's punch recipe calls for two ounces of dark rum, two ounces of pineapple juice, half ounce of fresh lime juice, and a quarter ounce grenadine. The drink is shaken and served over crushed ice in a Collins glass, then finished off with club soda and a mint sprig or a maraschino cherry. And it looks like she did a little bit of all of that. And Interesting. I'll tell you, I love rum drinks, especially like a rum punch or, you know, I love those. I like painkillers because I'm a sucker for a good fruity cocktail. As much as I, I drink a lot of very, very strong, gassy bourbon that uh, most people probably couldn't even take a whiff of. I also like to get soft. You know, I like to get fruity and, you know, and, you know, I like You're the spectrum. Fruity. I like the spectrum, dude. What do you want me to say? You know, I, I can go hard and I can go light and fun. So, you know, it's it's still it's delicious sometimes to have a drink that is is fun to drink. And get mm-hmm. fucked up. And then sometimes you just want to drink something that's going to smack you in the face because you just got to get there quick. So that's where I'm at. So I have this one. I did mix with the Ron Zacapa 23. This is a Guatemalan rum. It's perhaps one of my favorite rums. I found this, and I have to give credit where credit's due. I discovered this rum on a recommendation years ago from Carney, who told me, oh, Lido likes this i got ron zacapa 23 you should have we were out somewhere and I, we were I, florida or las vegas i forget where we were we were somewhere in the world and we were at a bar or a lounge and i was looking for a drink i said i'm in the mood for rum and he was like you should drink this that's what you know it's one of the ones that Lido likes and i said oh and i tried it i was like are you fucking kidding me this is delicious and i'll drink it on the rocks just straight out of the bottle i like to make cocktails with it it's it's just another one of those rums that's it's very easy to it's really good rum especially for the price point is it yeah, like, what like 60 bucks maybe I, I think i paid like i think i paid 48.99 for that bottle Okay, so 50 bucks for what it is, especially yeah. compared to some of the other ones that are out there that are in the same age range. Yeah. It's a really good deal and it makes it, it's a good tasting. It's a good sipping room. Like you said, good sipping, get fun. on the rocks and it makes amazing cocktails. I'm going to put a little more rum in there. So, good. any guesses what this one is? That's not the mojito. This is not the mojito. But it's, there's it's not enough going on it's, there. It's constructed very similarly, though. What is it? This is an old Cuban. Oh, oh, that's right. You did say old Cuban you were going to do. So this one is, it's two ounces of Atrum and then three quarters <laughs> of an ounce. Shut up. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at my boy, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, man. Fruity drink. <laughs> fruity drink. It's, it's an inside work joke. But he shows up, and I just I fucking lose it, dude. Every time I'm like, "Damn, that's my boy Ryan. He's one of the best dudes I've ever met. He's just, just <laughs> I can't help but laugh whenever I see him." But I, I'm sorry, I interrupted okay. you. I interrupted okay. your spiel. I interrupted. Yeah, I'm sorry. You interrupted my spiel. So I'm sorry. So Go ahead. Two, two, two ounces <laughs> of aged rum, simple syrup, six mint leaves. You muddle all that together, shake it over ice, pour it in a in a 
in a rocks glass, right? And then top it with a, a ounce and a half of brute champagne. Oh, oh, so good. And you know, we talked about I this. Used, yeah, I use I use uh, Brugal eighteen eighty eight rum to make see? this. Teresa said the same thing. Reminds me of Gandalf. Yeah, see, great minds think of life. Sound Alex, see, see, I happen to know that's my friend Alex, not Teresa. Oh, 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 okay. So, but see, so basically, Teresa must have gave him his balls back today and actually let him come on the internet and watch the show. So, oh, well, that's awesome. Well, you know, <laughs> it's nice to have people I here. Love, yes, Alex, painkillers. I fucking love painkillers. That is one of my favorite rum cocktails ever. Muy delicioso. And you make and you make that you make that with navy rum. Ryan Beck, don't you fucking dare go anywhere. Don't you worry about it. Anyway, I just remembered. I want to talk about something pretty cool. It's time for our cutting and lighting, brought to you by SD DuPont, be exceptional. One of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was a new product from SD DuPont. That's right, I got it right here. It's fancy dancy. I fucking love this lighter. And it showed up yesterday. And I used it last night. Now, I, we saw this lighter at the trade show. It came out at the end of last year. I think they officially shipped end of end of last year. So S. DuPont at the trade show had a couple of lighters that were flat flame lighters. And Kevin, I think you have one on the way. I just don't think you have yours yet. I was talking to DuPont today. And I you, you should be getting one as well. The lighter looks like this. And without trying to fuck up my focus i'm not going to zoom in too far but for those of you who know dupont this might look similar to you this has the same outer design as the legrand which is the other flip top lighter from sd dupont that not only has a soft flame but if you push up on the on the flint roller it becomes a single torch so they came out with this concept this past year for the trade show i believe there's a smaller version called the Slimmy, I forget the other one's name, and then this is the Biggie. This is the Biggie. This one looks like the flip top, almost looks like it has the roll flint, but what it really is is it's side trigger with the flat flame. And Kevin, we have talked about flat flames on the other show with Coop, and I know how you feel about them. This lighter is badass. Now, the burner looks like it's around the same size as the... Mega Jet. However, the body of it a little bit different. I like the way it looks. I like the way it feels. One of the things about torch lighters that I always get like cautious about is they tend to feel kind of like lightweight and like hollow. And this still has a nice solid weight to it. It it's got a little bit of a weight to it. It's solid. Clicks every time. Doesn't matter how many times I do it. Clicks every time. It's got that strong flame. This is actually dialed down. Mm -hmm full blast you'll burn your eyebrows off this thing packs a lot of punch this is a great lighter and anyone who likes to have a nice lighter to light their cigars you should check this out i believe i believe this retails for 2.99 i could be wrong wow really i that's, could i could be wrong that's a <laughs> for an st dupont product that's a that's a good value i mean uh, some, it's somewhere around there $300 is a lot of money for a lighter. Yes. But when you have a lighter that literally outlasts 10 $30 lighters, it's it's a wash. It's a initiative, you know, buy once, cry once. That's very true. That's very, very true. And 
you know, th- there's a reason why, sorry, I have to grab one more thing. There's a reason why, you know, at the Smoking Tobacco Show, we talk so much about um, SD DuPont and relying on them. It's because, well, they got some of the cu- the sharpest cutters in the business. They have some of the best lighters in the business. They're always reliable. We're busy guys. We got a lot of cigars we got to cut in light. We need something that's going to last. And that's why we rely on SD DuPont. So go and check them out today. Check out the new biggie. Here it is. Beautiful. Can't wait to check that one out. I'm still yeah. using my uh, trusty line two. space version of the line two with the ping. I love this lighter. And the Legrand. The they ping now. There. Oh, they do? The Legrand's ping now, yeah. That's cool. We saw that at the trade Going show. Going back to your well. flat flame discussion, though, when Carlito was watching the show and actually commented on that, when he said that the flat flame is the closest to a match light for a cigar, mm-hmm. that that just hit home with me. And ever since he said that, I absolutely love using them. You know, it, it's true because even if you go direct, it's still not, I feel like it's still not as direct as a, as a round jet with a, with a point to it. That's, you know, focusing the heat on one spot. It's, I usually light them at an angle, you know, kind of like here when I mm-hmm. light and then I, I kind of bring it in for my, my, my roast and I bring it in and I bring it in straight so that the, the flat flame is, is going up. So you're not like going in, you're kind right. of catching it and it, and it does, it, it almost catches like the soft flame would versus, you know, with, lights, a, with a solid it torch. Like a match. It does. You get a good turn going on a match. It lights that nice, wide, even mm-hmm. soft flame. It just, it, it's cool how it works. And I never even would have thought about that. When, once he said that and you actually look at the flat flame and you watch how, when, when you're toasting a cigar, or you're actually lighting a cigar and you actually think about it, it makes perfect sense. But it didn't until somebody told me that it did. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I've, I, ever since he said that, I, I've paid attention to it and I've, I've used a lot of flat flames and it's true. They really do light off. I know, look, and it's all personal preference. So, you know, there's people out there who probably don't like them and that's fine. But for me, like I've I've been slowly enjoying the flat flames more and more. I'm a big fan of soft flame. I use a lot of soft flame lighters. I use a lot of single torch. I'm not one of these like triple quad, you know, big jet lighter guys. The only reason I'll use one of those is if I'm smoking something that's like north of 60 ring. Because I just I need I need the the burning capacity like on a seventy ring gauge or something like you know crazy from Asylum, I'll use it for that. But you know most of what I smoke is sub sixty ring, and between the flat flame, the soft flame, and the occasional single jet, even the Defi Extreme, it's a twin jet. But just the way that the flame comes to a point like that, you know it it's nice. It's still like a single jet. Yeah, and 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 it lights very well, but it's like a it's like a stronger single jet, you know, and it it, it lights really well. It's not too much. You don't need more flame than, you know, you don't want more flame than you need, I should say. And, you know, for, for me that's what I like. For some other people, they might not like that. They maybe they like having the triple jet. And that's fine, but yeah, I agree. That the the flat flames for me have become a new favorite and I I love the way they light the cigars and they light really even, really nice. And the way that, you know, that initial light up happens with them. If yeah. there's any wind, forget about it. That's when you need to go to the, that's when you need to go to the three or four jet torches. That's but, true too. I smoke mostly indoors though. So I don't So do I. Point. Which is, so it's true. That's a very good point. I'm not discrediting that. Me personally, I think 
I that the other reason why is because I don't I I probably like ninety nine of the cigars percent of the cigars I smoke I smoke indoors, so I've never had that issue. But it is true. You're right. So yeah, SD Dupont, be exceptional. Check them out. Give them some love. They make some great products. Spend a little bit more up front, but you'll have it for a lifetime. I promise. They're a piece of art. It is. Great quality. Now, I'm already like burning my way through this drink because it's so fucking good. I knew this was going to happen. I was going to get some good drinks going, and then I was going to start ripping them, and then I was going to get like out of control. And we're only 38 minutes into the show. So... See, I'm I'm pacing. I'm going to go through this, and I'm going to switch to the mojito. Though I probably should have started with the mojito because it actually has ice in it, and this doesn't. But now I your drink's watering start. itself down. Mm. It's all right. It'll be all right. But we do have the the classic Fuente mojito. Well, Kevin, for those of you who've been paying attention and keeping score, lives in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, which is where Casa Fuente is. So now. The, there's and Kevin being a local can attest to this, but usually locals don't spend a lot of time down on the strip because why would you? But he also has spent a lot of time down on the strip, so Kevin has the luxury of going to Casa Fuente all the time if he so desires to, which means he has the luxury of taking his time and figuring out the recipe to the famous Casa Fuente mojito. And going home and figuring it out. If he fucks it up, well, he can go back next weekend and figure it out again. I don't have that luxury. <laughs> I have to wait every six months that I'm out there. And I have to go and just get too wrapped up in being there and drinking like five of them. And then I forget about it halfway through. And then I go home. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could remember how to make that. But no, Kevin gets to have the luxury of figuring it out. And he thinks that he has cracked the code on that recipe. And it's very interesting because... It's the Monte Cristo rum. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's, it's the best mojito I've ever had. If you go to Las Vegas, you go to Casa Fuente. If you've already been, you already know. This is not for you. But for those who don't know, if you have never been to Las Vegas, or if you have, but if you're going to be going, next time you go, make sure you, you should go anyway. If there's one thing you do that's a little expensive and touristy, go to Casa Fuente. Mm-hmm. Buy some of the house sticks because... I mean, it's Fuente and it's good and it's you can't get that blend anywhere else. But you go to the bar, you get the mojitos. Now, Kevin and I differ a little bit on this and that's fine. He likes the more traditional mojito. I really like the tangerine mojito. But regardless of which one you go with, the the base of the mojito in general at Casa Fuente is just exceptional. It is is fantastic. I, I, I drink a lot of mojitos. I drink a lot of you know, different cocktails and stuff. And it's, it's in terms of mojitos or rum drinks as a whole, it's probably my favorite specifically is the mojitos at Casa Fuente and Caesar's Palace. It, it is just fantastic. Sourcing it, the Monte Cristo if you're going to make it at home is a chore. Yeah. And you have to pay for it. But once you find it, it, the, the that's the primary component of the mojito and it makes all the difference in the world. And would you pay for it? yourself if you don't mind me about 100 bucks okay yeah and it's literally like a 30 dollar bottle of rum but by the time that you dig it up and pay the shipping and this and that and the secondary pricing and all that yeah i don't even know if they make it anymore to be honest with you but i don't know much about it myself so i can't really say but that is that is one to to know now one of the use they use the brugal 
1888 and their other mojitos and some of their other drinks. So that's how I ended up with that. And that's actually easy to find. Well, Brugali 1888. Yeah, that's you can usually find that one. That's the one in the the long round bottle with the netting around it. If you if you if if maybe for those of you who are trying to picture it. Now there's another Brugal which I meant to grab and I didn't and I have a couple bottles of that I brought back from the Dominican. And it's the Brugal Leyenda, which is another favorite of mine. Delicious rum. That one's mm-hmm. sweet too, but it's a it's a different kind of sweetness. It's like sweet up front and then there's like a I don't want to say strange because it's not it's not it's not a bad flavor. But it's there's a sweetness up front, and then there's like this tang on the finish, and it kind of changes. And it's 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 a really nice rum, and it's almost like a raw sugar candy kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's like it's very raw. It's good, but it's it's a specific flavor profile that you need to you either like or you don't. I don't. I feel like there's no middle ground there. You either like it or you don't. I like it. I I don't like to drink large amounts of it but I'll sip on it and enjoy it. But after a while, it's just, it's just one of those ones that it's kind of like a heavier rum on the flavor on the palate. I can't drink like a lot of it at a time just because it, it becomes very overpowering, but in, in small glasses, it's, it's, it's very delicious. It, it's quite enjoyable. And I did drink a lot of it when I was down in the Dominican last time, which I don't know, could have led to the creation of my child, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So I didn't grab that. I meant to, but that's okay. I have the Ron Zacapa 23. I have that in my cocktail. I also have with me, and I'm going to experiment with this one, both neat and I'm going to mix it with a, with a punch that I have over here. Now, those of you probably recognize this bottle, whether you've actually been fortunate enough to, to get one into the United States is probably another question. But this is the Forbidden Fruit. <gasps> This is the Havana Club Uh-oh. Seven Años from Havana, Cuba. This is Cuban rum. It's real Cuban rum. It's not fake. Don't fucking start with that bullshit. I don't want to hear the, oh, is it real? It's real. I know it's real. All right. But here it is, the extra age. This, so, Kevin, you and I haven't really talked a lot about Cuban rum, I don't think. But you've had We Cuban haven't. Rum. You haven't. I've got, I have a bottle here, too. You have the Seven Años? No. Which one do you I have? Which one? I forget which one I have. A friend of mine, actually, actually, it might be. I have to go grab it. It's it's a three seventy five. It's a smaller bottle. One okay. Of my sent me a, what I thought was what I thought was interesting about the Seven Años when I had it. You know, I, I like I said, we've had a lot of rum. rums are traditionally sweet because it's distilled from sugar cane. You know, the Ronzacapa has got a sweetness to it. The Brugals have a sweetness to them. The Bamboo's got really the Bamboo's really sweet. They're not all sweet, obviously, but there's always a sweet undertone to them. They're just rums traditionally made from sugar. Now, with Seven Años, you know, people always, oh, Cuban rum, Cuban cigars. So this one in particular is perhaps one of their better known rums from Havana Club. And it's funny because I remember the first time I had it, I was all excited. I cracked it open. I poured a glass and I sipped it just straight neat. And because I wanted to, I wanted to get a raw taste and I was surprised and I was like, mm, this is nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Seven años. Yep. It's nothing of what I expected. It tasted more like a whiskey to me and not that it tastes like whiskey, but it, it, it just, it had more of that, that less, much less sweetness, bolder, stronger, heavier taste to it. And 
I still enjoyed it for what it is, but it's just not what I originally expected. And I was like, huh, and it always perplexed me. And it kind of threw me off when I first had it. But nevertheless, I, I still I drink it and I enjoy it. But uh, it is a little bit different than than one might expect, I should say. So I have it with me and I'm going to I'm going to play around with it tonight, and see what I can get out of it. But I do have one. And I'm curious to see how how it pairs well with the sun grown. Now this this cocktail that Nicole made for me is almost gone. It's so good. It's going to get me there pretty quick. Mm. And the sun-grown tobacco juice is fantastic with it, too. This was... Because the cigar is not... Is, the cigar is not overpowering it, but it's mm-hmm. also strong enough to keep up with it. It's not too mild. This is a really yeah, that's nice That's a good balance. choice. That's a really good choice for a, a rum pairing cigar. Because rum, it, it's very easy to overrun with a cigar. Yeah. If you go something on the upper end, the medium full, and definitely full-bodied and full-strength, you're going to run it over. And right. then you're not going to get the benefits... And the the you're not going to get the pairing appreciation that you would that you're looking for when you have rum with a cigar, because rum is probably one of the best beverages that you can pair with a cigar. Mm-hmm. Rum, 100%. bourbon, scotch, you know, all those are right there. And don't mind me; I'm just having a little snack in between mm-hmm. because it's been a long day. But but as far as regions go, I'm a big fan of the uh, Panama rums. Yeah, abuelo. I forgot, about, I forgot about Panama rums. Is you have abuelo rum, and when we were down for a work trip, which ironically was one of the first times that I actually smoked a cigar, was on the same trip. We cleaned them out of abuelo. So the bar we cleaned the bar completely out of abuelo seven and abuelo twelve. We had the wristbands. It was an all inclusive. Every time we went to the bar, pointed at the wristband. Finally, they just gave us the bottle and let us take it to the beach. <laughs> They got tired of pouring it. Here you go. Just get out of here. Stop. So we drank. Me, they please. had they had two cases of twelve year and a case of seven year, and in five days we drank all of it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a good problem to have. I don't think I've ever been at a bar where they just gave me the bottle, but I've also never really tried. I now that's gonna that's gonna be on my agenda for when I travel to a to a resort like that next time. I'm gonna be like, I want to like see. it's all inclusive. Just give me the bottle because I'm gonna drink it all anyhow. It's like, I'm just going to go up to the guy next time. I'm going to cut out the bullshit. And I'm going to be like, listen, I'm going to come up here a hundred times. And we're going to empty that bottle. So I can either come up here a hundred times and make you stop and make the drinks. Or you could just give me the bottle. I can go to the beach. And we could be done. A good tip (laughs) is a pathway to the bottle. So what do you want to (laughs) do? It's not like I'm paying for it. So you can either give me the bottle or I can just come up here a hundred times and slow you down. And there's a hundred other people who need drinks. I don't know. That's my strategy. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> hey, it works. I'm going to have my glass ready for over here, too. Now, you know, it's funny. We, we we talk about, you know, I feel like whiskey and bourbon specifically, we talk a lot about those. A lot, like a lot of shows, a lot of cigars, you know, oh, whiskey, scotch, too. Let's, let's, to be, let's be mm-hmm. fair. It's both a lot of scotch drinkers. You're talking about bourbon, scotch. Which yes, huge with cigars. That's it's a very those are you know whiskey in general, very popular with cigars. It I know I like it. You like it. There's a lot of people. It, it's it's a it's a you know it's like tomato sauce. On it's pizza. an acquired it's an acquired taste. There's a lot of people that like scotch that don't like bourbon. A lot of people that like bourbon that don't like scotch, and we'll like them both. So yeah, no, I mean I I I used to like scotch a lot more. 
when I was younger, when I was 21, 22, 23, 24, almost 25, I think even into, into my 25th year, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I was drinking scotch. And then I found bourbon and <laughs> like, like really found not like, like, oh, like, let me try like a no, like I, I like I got into bourbon at like almost 26 and the 25, 26, like, you know, really like exploring it. And I started drinking a lot of bourbon and then I started, you know, like, oh, I kind of took a pause and went back to scotch and I was like, my palate changed. And it was weird because I used to drink like Oban 14, McAllen 12. You know, I used to like Johnny Double Black. And I used to drink all those. And Mm -hmm. on occasion, the Johnny Blue, you know, those who know, I mean, you know, you drink Johnny Blue. It's it's special, you know. I went back to it and my palate had just changed. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I I can't, I, I can't drink it anymore. My palate has been like fixed to the sweeter you know, just Kentucky bourbon. And I'm like stuck there now. Not that I'm complaining. I love bourbon, but you know, I just, I I feel like I I lost, I lost my scotch taste, which is crazy, but that's where I'm at. I, but when I was younger and I started, you know, drinking all the time, you know, I was like, oh, scotch. Yeah. But I've, I feel like I've lost the scotch and it's insane to me, but it kind of sucks. But it is what it is. I just I, I drink it now and I'm like, oh, I don't like it. There's some of it that is still outstanding. You know, McAllen 15, McAllen 18. Yeah. It's still good. You have that with a nice Connecticut cigar and oh, wow. It just, it does nothing but put a smile on your face and it just, you sit back in your chair and just, oh, this is such a good pairing and so good. And I'll be honest with you. I haven't had, a, I haven't had a glass of scotch in probably two years. Because I gave up on it and I said, I'm done. I moved on. I am due to give it, it's like, hey, it's been a while. I should try something. So, you know what? I, I, I last year, I am due. At, I belong to a, a, a bottle share group here here in Vegas, and it's primarily bourbon, but from time to time, we'll, we'll dabble in Irish or in scotches. Yeah. And last year for our Christmas, one of the guys brought a bottle of Dalmore Constellation which is mm. a 30 year scotch. Okay. And it was silky smooth. Not a lot of body, not a lot of burn. I forget what the proof was. It, nothing compared to any bourbon or whatever that you would drink, but it was, it was really good. I mean, when you consider that the bottle, I think it was $13,000. The dude paid for the bottle. Oh yeah. But I didn't taste $13,000 when I drank it, but it was still good. That's like the Remy Louis 13. You hear about it, you go to a nice bar, you see it up there, and it's crystal decanter. You know, you listen to rap music, you hear people talking about it, go to Louis 13, because it's fucking like, what is it, like six grand for the bottle or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, look, I've never had it. I'll be honest with you. Never had it. I probably could have at certain points in my life. I just didn't. But it's like, What's but if the, you're a fan of the, cognac, the point? then okay, it's good. But if you're not a fan of cognac, it's... I'll be honest with you. I don't mind cognac. There, there, there are a few I do enjoy. Because when, when it does, when it comes to liquor, I'm, I'm not too specific on any one. There's cognacs I do enjoy. Old school Hennessy is, if I'm in the mood, 
you know, it's not bad. The the Remy 1738 is a nice bottle. You know, you can't really go wrong with that. That that's probably Davidoff actually makes a really nice cognac. They do. I've never had it. I've got I've got a bottle here. It's actually really good. As well as Habanos under on with the Cohiba name, it does exist in Europe. There is a Cohiba mm-hmm. cognac. There. I've never had it. I've never seen one, but I I know that it does exist, which I thought was always interesting. Cohiba branded cognac. But yeah, the Remy 1738, I'd say if I was to have a cognac, that'd probably be the one. That'd be my favorite. I I like this there's, there's there's certain spirits that I have the certain ones I'll I'll drink it cuz I enjoy that one, but I'm not wide into it. Like gin. You already know what gin I like. I don't like gin. Mm-hmm. I'm not a gin I'm not a gin guy. But there's only one gin that I'll I'll drink it and I I love it because it's fantastic and it's room 101. And I've said it before and 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 you and you, I know you feel the same way. I'm not I'm a gin sorry. guy, but that but what Matt did with that gin is it's very different. And I'll drink it and I'll be like, this is nice. It's really nice. Like just even on even on the rocks. And people are like, yeah, you drink gin straight. Just even on the rocks, that's a great gin to drink straight. It is because it's not like it's most actually gin. really good and neat. It is, which it, is un- it which is. is completely unusual for a gin, but at least in my opinion, I'm just I'm not a gin fan. Just like Matt said, Room One Hundred One gin is so citrusy. It's literally like drinking a mixed cocktail right out of the bottle. Like, do you it know how many? Do you know how many citrus, people? Citrus forward notes. Do you know how many people I've pulled out? Because I I always have a couple bottles on hand in the house. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like the conversation comes up, and I'm like, "Oh, let me let me show you a gin," and like that'll blow you away. And they're like, oh, "All right," and they you know, and I give it to them. And they're like, "What is that? Where can I buy it? That is delicious." And I'm like, "Well, we don't have it around here." And they're like, "What? Why would you show me that then?" And I'm like, "Believe me, I know the owner of the brand. I've been telling them <laughs> stop dragging your feet, get it in New England. I, I don't know. I gotta text them again. Be like, can you please get this in New Hampshire?" So I don't have to start like bugging you and Kevin to get my bottles because I just want to go and buy it. <laughs> so now you know what it feels like when you get the allocated allocated bourbon that you can't get where you live. So yeah, you're from Ohio originally, where the word on the street is Weller Special Reserve Antique 107, and sometimes the other labels sit on the shelf like Jack Daniels, and it's it's mind fucking boggling to me. That there's a liquor the stories out there where 107 on sits on the shelf. And I'm like, why? The only, the only the only one I've not seen on the shelf in Ohio is the CYPB, the white bit, the white label bottle. That's so like even e- so even like 12 have. year, you can walk in, you can just grab 12 year. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna grab a 12. At, like at, at at retail, not at secondary. At retail. Why? Why Ohio? Like what? Like I don't understand. The rest of the country is like, you know, you got to give a guy a tug in an alley to get a bottle of fucking. 107 you go to ohio and they're like yeah we got it we got like 100 cases it's like what? Know, the liquor store <laughs> the liquor store right by where barb's parents live they have a two saturdays a month they have an allocated release and they'll just open cases of it and you get in line it's not a lottery first come first service one bottle per person or one bottle per family so, you know so if you're going with your wife you're still only getting one bottle you don't each get one oh, that sucks. and nicole and i have definitely done that and it rolls through, but they make a fair for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you stand a real good shot at at getting it. I mean, that's where I got the, I got the antique one hundred and seven. I got the Weller full proof. Got the Weller twelve. So I remember a couple of years ago, I got, 
I got. I know. It's like now we're talking about other stuff than rum, but yeah, we kind of. Well, you're the one who brought up Weller. Well, you know, now we're here. We're talking about spirits, so it's you know, it it's just how it happened. But I promise you, a laid back show when you're getting one. So it's funny. I remember I had. So I've had almost all the Wellers. I think the only one I have not had is the CYPB, but I've had Special Reserve, 107. I've had the single barrel, I've had the full proof, I've had the 12, I've had William LaRue from the BTAC, also known as Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace Antique Collection, which is a very separate release. It's not part of the regular Wellers. Yeah, I've had all of them except for CYPB. And I remember a few years ago, I came into I came into acquiring several bottles of full proof, and some of them were store picks. So I won't really get too far into that, but you know, stores can pick by the barrel, they bottle it. You know, and it's mm-hmm. considered a hand-picked barrel. And those who are in the the bourbon circle deep enough know that that's usually kind of a bigger deal because it was it's a little bit more of personal selection. It's a little special, and, and with with bourbon traders, it's a little bit more sought after. And it seems as to me like as the guy picking it's got a good palate. Correct. Now, and it seems to me that Weller Foolproof has mostly gone just store picks now. I don't think I've ever, I don't, in the last couple of years that I've seen them come and go, I, I think they've all been store picks at this point. I don't think I've seen any that were just general. Bottling. I have two bottles that aren't. Yeah. Just when, when did you, when, when did you get them? Last year. Yeah. From a retailer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of them. Like, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I haven't seen a lot of them that weren't. It seems to me like maybe Buffalo Trace is just kind of going more store pick with those. But I came into a collection of several of them a few years ago. And I remember I cracked one and I drank it and I had a couple glasses with Nicole. And I was like, mm, don't really love this one. And I remember I traded it to a buddy for something else. And then the rest of them that were unopened, I traded for some George T. Staggs, of which I think I still have some. I have a couple of bottles. I don't know if I have those, but no, I think I have one of them from that trade. And so that was a good trip. But that's another thing too. Like, when it comes to that stuff, you can, you can trade it. And, you know, as long as you know what you're doing and you know what you're looking for and you know what you have, that's the other thing too. I've seen some people who have traded away things for, and I'm like, you just gave away. You don't even know what you had. And then I've also, I don't, I wouldn't that say. That cracks me up when people do that though, because they have access to it and it's available to where there's some of us, you got to give you know, arm a leg and a kidney to get it and they can just walk into the store and buy it. Yeah. So yeah, that's where, that's where trades like, that's why trades like that happen. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll, I'll know that I can acquire certain things and I don't love them, but I will buy them because I know that I can, I can use it to leverage something I do want from someone Mm -hmm. else. Like I, I remember when I tried, I tried the Weller 12 and it was okay, but I had a bottle at home and I was looking for some other stuff I, I wanted more. Actually, it was a it was a Van Winkle 12 year lot B. And I already had one and I wanted another one. And I was I'm in a bourbon group. I, I'm in several bourbon groups, but one of the groups I'm in, I posted, hey, I got a Weller 12 and I have this and I have that. I had a couple I had a couple of things. And I put it up there and I'm like, I'm looking for a lot B. And this guy hit me up and he was like, I got a lot B. I just got it from New Hampshire Liquor Outlet Lottery. Because New Hampshire is a, this is before I lived in New Hampshire, but New Hampshire is a controlled liquor state. So basically, New Hampshire as a state runs its own allocated lottery quarterly. 
So they get all their allocations and then it just goes into one, one giant raffle statewide. So this guy got one in there and paid like the $69.99 for it. And I had like Weller 12 and I had a couple other like things. I think I might even had a foolproof too. I had a couple of Wellers actually. And I remember I traded him for it and someone was like, you telling me you traded like some Wellers and like whatever else I had for a fucking Van Winkle 12. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, uh-huh. where do you find these people? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> guy wanted to do it i'm like yeah, i'll take that so <laughs> i mean <laughs> costco here just had the the happy van winkle or the old the old the, ri- the rip the 10 years 10 year asleep asleep many years in the wood 10 summers old it, it sold out they sold out a whole pallet full of cases in like 15 minutes see that's but crazy to me it. well they didn't limit it so guys are going in and buying four and five cases of it at a time that's crazy to me because like the costco's around here at like christmas time like each store gets like one of each and if you're not like waiting outside the doors every day like the week of christmas because that's usually when they put them out like you're not getting one of like the seven bottles they have and they get like one of each they get like one of all the pappies they get like a george t a thomas h maybe a william larue weller and that's it. And they get like one of each. That's it. I have to dig through and find the picture in our bourbon group. It was but like I, a pyramid of puppy. Yeah, but like I've seen pictures from Costco's that I know are in the Southwest. Like I know some Arizona ones, there's Vegas ones. Mm-hmm. And I've seen I've seen pictures of pallets of Weller 12. I've seen the, the, the table where they have like 20 George T, 20 Thomas H. Handy. There's like 10 Old Rip 10. There's 10. And I'm like. What the fuck? And like, and the best part about that is, is the Costco prices too, which means it's a little bit back of retail. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, why can't our Costco's have that? Why is it that we get one each, and then like one asshole goes in there with his friends, and they're like buy them all? And I'm like, yep, because some of us have to be at work, you know, before eight, I nine, wasn't nine a.m. on a Tuesday. Line. There was like 400 people in the line to get in to get it, and I think they got like 30 deep, and it was sold out. Yeah, it's crazy. Now. Bringing it back to rum. The one thing about rum is I don't think that there's any rums out there or really many other spirits outside of bourbon. I, I know that there's probably a couple, but bourbon's really the only one that's like that right now. It when is, it, and I blame a lot of that on social media and the secondary market. Yeah. Just horn it up and horn it out. Was this not an open bottle? I have an open bottle and an unopened bottle, and I think I just opened. Well... Now they're well, both open. Whatever. I'm going to drink them all anyway. Who cares? It's, not, say it's for drinking, right? It's not for saving. I'm not getting rid of them, so who cares? But do I need to have multiple open bottles? No, but who cares? I actually, I got this one from Mitchell. So <laughs> You just got to drink twice as much now. <laughs> I got it from Mitchell. <laughs> yes. I have a friend in Canada who gets me what I need. And he's my friend, not your friend. Yeah, now the guys in the black helicopters are probably on their way to Mitch's house. <laughs> yeah, it was I was listening to Cigar. So so shout out to the guys at Cigar Hustler because they called me from the show a couple of days ago and they wanted me to they wanted to thank us for having the Postania Connecticut. I think we had a 13 on the list. It was high on the list. I think I don't have the list. And it was uh, a Connecticut heavy list. Yeah, it was. No, but they 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 wanted to to thank us for the recognition. I I don't think they got a, a lot of recognition, and they they wanted to thank. And I was like, yeah, no problem. They they called me up, and we were laughing and making jokes at Coop's expense. It's expense, as I 
tend to do because I love Coop. Which, side note, if I rag on you, it's because I love you. If I don't make jokes about you, I don't like you. So, and Coop knows this. So that's why I pick on Coop all the time because I love Coop. I love Coop like my own family. I would do. Is that why Barb and I pick on you so much? Yeah, because I would do. I would do very bad things for you and Barbara and Coop. You know, but your family, bro. I know that's. But that's what I'm saying. You know, so people think, well, you'll pick on Coop all that because I love Coop. I love him. We love Coop. I love him. But anyway, no. So I was on the. I was on the phone with them, and I was listening to the show after like to to hear our conversation because i they called me in and so i wasn't because li- i think they pre-record their show so i didn't i was i didn't get to hear the whole show so i, I listened after because i wanted to hear the show and it was funny they were talking about us and they were talking about palmer mentioned how mitchell you know was talking to him you know about the list and whatever and then they were talking about mitchell and being in canada and one of them said i forget who said it but one i heard just remember when one of them said something about yeah mitchell lives up in canada yeah they get taxed for stepping outside <laughs> i was like i was driving <laughs> I was driving and I just lost it. I was like, it's so good. Tax for stepping outside. Yeah, yeah, Canada, they get taxed for stepping outside. And I was like, it's so true. It's fucked up. It really is. It, it, but it's true. It, it, it's sad. It really is. But they uh, they have access to things that I don't have here. So I'll go, Mitchell, I need you to do something for me. And, you know, Mitchell's your, like, uh, this is what I'll pick on Mitchell, but it, it is in good fun. And, and, and Kevin knows. You know, I remember when I when I asked Mitchell last time, I was like, I need some Cuban rum, and Mitchell was like, Oh, okay, I'll uh, I'll take a look for you, and uh, you know, I'll do, I'll make sure I package it up right, and uh, hope, hopefully it uh, hopefully it gets there, you know. I hope it don't get holed up the customs, and I was like, Yeah, you know, whatever it is, if it gets lost, it gets lost. I don't care. I'll I'll pay for it either way. But you know, just just send maple it in. syrup. Yeah, it's maple syrup. So the story with that. So the last time when I got it in, Mitchell sent it, and. I don't know if you remember this, but he he told us in our company group chat. He was like, "Oh yeah, so I packaged it up. I'm sending it out, and uh, on the customs form, I I had to do my declaration, and I put it as personal lubricant." <laughs> Why? <laughs> goes, Wait a minute. What are you sending this to Matt Booth? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if Matt was here, be like, mm, "Yes, yes, you can never have enough personal lubricants. Got to keep those holes moist, boys." Yes, yes. Yeah, he sent it. He sent it in his personal lubricant, and he was all nervous about it. So Mitchell, you know, Mitchell's your your typical like to us, your stereotypical Canadian. He's very, you know, he's very friendly. He's very honest. He's very, you know, he's a good guy, and you can't knock him because he's a he's a great person. I, you know. He, I don't think I don't think that kid has a bad bone in his body. I mean, try, just trying to get him to say something negative about a cigar. He's like, "Well, you know, it's a great factory. They use some good tobaccos. They didn't really quite hit my palate, but it's a fantastic." And I'm like, Mitchell, just say the cigar sucks. Come on, he just he doesn't have enough. Personal but- lubricant thing was my idea, by the way, because I wanted to see if I can make him feel uncomfortable. Because yeah. you know, the custom agent it gets that personal lubricant. Okay, next. So I think my point being is the fact that Mitchell, knowing how he is, went out of his way, which I appreciated so much. It's like, Mitchell, this was awesome. I remember I, I got, came to my house like, oh, made it. I got excited. But I just saw it. I was like, personal, the fact that Mitchell like had to go on the thing and lie and put personal lubricant of all things. You know, he could have put olive oil, maple syrup. No, Mitchell, innocent middle Mitchell put personal lubricant to shoot. Cuban products into the United well, tell States. Tell me that's not the best like, wow. thing you could put on that, though. 
I was proud of him. I was like, wow, this kid. Well, you're accustomed to this. You're going to see that. And you're going to go next. You're not like, going to. I ain't going to go in there. It's. I don't even care. I don't care if it's a bomb. Like, I'm not going to. Because if it's not, I don't want to touch some guy's fucking ass loop. Like, nope. I don't even care. Let him. Let him do what he wants. Yeah. What else is in the box <laughs> with the personal lubricant? Yeah, it's like there might be a dildo in there. It might be used. I don't know. I'm just going to. It's like, yeah, it's all right. But it made it, and I have to give him credit. He packaged it very well. You know, he, he you know, because glass bottles, he wrapped them pretty dense. There was a lot of wrapping on them. I remember being like, shit, are these in here or what? So give him credit for that. You know, you know what's really funny to me about this conversation right now? Is I could totally see my beautiful wife Barbara in there shaking her head at us, like, "Yeah, you guys are like children." Yeah, Nicole's probably doing the same thing too. Yeah, see, Mitchell's still here. Works every time. And look at he even apologized. Oh, oh, oh. We're we're busting Wait, his balls, oh. being fun with him, and he's still apologizing. Mitchell, you don't have to apologize. We're just having fun. Come on, don't worry. You didn't do anything wrong. So wait a minute. Funny. So so <laughs> it, 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 is Mitch experiencing receiving shipments of personal lubricant in Canada, so he knows it works without getting to. How does he know that that it works every time? Mitchell, would you like to enlighten us with how you know about this? <laughs> so Alex he said Rob. Rum, lubricant, and dildos. Love the show, LOL. That's that's why we brought you here tonight. This this is a uh, it's a very you know it's a very loose show. If you know what I'm saying. Well, when I was saying about the whole shipping situation, I just thought the number one question: What would Matt Booth do? Matt Booth would say, mind, "Put some actual lube went, in there." My mind went right to personal lubricant. That's just Matt. No, you know, but the thing, the difference with Matt is he'd be like, "Yeah, send the Cuban rum," because I mean, I want that. But he'd be like, "Put." Put some Canadian lube in there. I want to see, you know, how do they make it? Really, up there? man. And you'd be like, really, man. Put really, really man. Put some lube in there. I really, want to know how the really. Canadians do it. You know, <laughs> is it more oily? You know, I, I need to test this out. I need to see the viscosity to its friction ratio in many orifices. I need, I need to try this. I, bro, man. Let me tell you this. I cannot live my this. life without knowing how well the Canadians... Because, you know, when you engage in certain pleasures, right, you must be prepared. You know, you can never have too much lube. You don't want to get into a dry situation. You get a burn. Nobody likes that, man. No one's one's going to reach the pinnacle of sexual satisfaction with a, a dry sensation. Am I right? It's not sensual. So you need the lube to bring. Anybody that knows us, we're not taking shots at Matt. Matt is like a very dear personal friend to both me and Matthew. And if he heard this right now, he'd be like, yes, it's just Matt. Tell him, tell the world. (laughs) (laughs) It would be very erotic for Matt. It would be be sensational. Sensational. It would be sensational. Can make for a really fun weekend next weekend when he's here. Mitchell, <laughs> this is hilarious. Mitchell, I have to say sorry, even if I did nothing wrong. It's the Canadian way. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, hey. Uh, so on the Cuban episode, so the, they did the him and uh, McTavish. They did the Cuban cigar episode, which was nice because I couldn't be on the show that week because I was literally in the middle of moving into my new house. So I said, "Hey, Mitchell, why don't you?" do a show i can't be on and he's like what if we do mctavish and they did a great job if you haven't seen the show it's about a month ago go check it out 
They did a whole Cuban cigar show. They answered a lot of questions. They talked a lot about it. But, you know, it was the two Canadians. And I said, we got to do a Canadian takeover show like at least once a year because this was awesome. And they kept talking about the temperature. And they kept, because ref- they use Celsius in Canada. And they kept referring to Fahrenheit as freedom. Like, you know, it's yeah, it's like nine degrees out or like, you know, like 42 freedom. And I'm like, it's just like, 42 freedom. Every time they said it, I just died laughing. I was like, this, that's great. That, is that what they say about us up there? Like, oh, yeah, you know, in America, they got freedom. Oh, yeah, it's 32 freedom. It's like, <laughs> Hey, all I got to all I got to say is that the number of moose United States don't outnumber the population of humans. So yeah, we're good. Well, that's true. There's a lot of unused land. Up Barb, there. I think Barb's given us a hint that we've bashed on Mitchell too much. Yeah, you know she's she's you know she's got a soft spot for those who you know she she has a soft spot for me to certain degrees, but she'll never feel bad for me if anyone ever picks on me because she knows I pick on people a lot same with you like she'll only defend she i find so far she only defends you from me and usually only if i pick on you for your age outside of that it's like yeah kevin you suck and i'm like yeah there it is <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only time she'll defend you is if i'm like oh kevin you look a little old there and she'll be like hey, hey, hey what are you saying and then, but like other than that she'll be like yeah kevin like you're on your own <laughs> but yeah i am i just poured a glass of the Havana Club 7 Años, letting it breathe a little bit. I am going to sip on this a little bit, and then I, I might mix it with something else after. But like I said before, this this is Cuban rum. It's the 7 Años, the 7 year. It's an aged rum. And like I said, it's not not a sweet rum. So the one thing to remember too, you know, if if you've never had this and you're looking to try it, if you can get your hands on some, you know, in some way, shape, or form, uh, maybe you can bribe Mitchell to send you some personal lubricant. I don't know. But don't, because you know what? That's my guy. And I don't want to overwhelm the kid because I need him. So, you know. But anyway, on the nose, it's nice. It it's it reminds me of a really soft, low PD scotch on the nose. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it and then you take a sip. It definitely does not have the sweetness that you're accustomed that are you sipping on it too? To if you're a rum fan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not very traditionally well. I, I don't want to say traditional. I mean, Cuban rum kind of goes back, but most rums you've probably had. This is not like it. It's for I would a, liken it to cognac. It's very similar to cognac in the yeah in the palate. It has sweetness, but it's not a sweet liquor. You know, it's right. not which is weird because it has that taste because cognac is grape based like wine. Correct. This isn't so. It's it's honestly it's it, but it's not like too rough. It's not too deep. It's not too dark. It's it's, it's just smooth. not as sweet. It's smooth. It is smooth. You're right. It's still smooth for what it is. What it, I mean, what is the from a sipping standpoint? I think it would hold up the cigars better than a lot of a lot of traditional rums because it doesn't have that sweetness and it's not quite as soft. Yeah, it's forty percent. Yeah, so it's only eighty proof. So I mean, it's where rum traditionally is not higher in the proof. I think eighty proof is close to top of the scale for rum yeah so it's it's a stronger rum which i think you know is worth mentioning too uh but it's nice i I, for me if you're into like sweet rums or you're into like you know nice rum cocktails or you know real juicy punch like you know cocktails Mm. and real you know i would not recommend this this is not this this to me this is a sipping rum it doesn't have that strong sweetness too that you like this is like this is something I'd probably sip on 
you could probably mix it. I'm not saying don't like, but I I don't think it's. It would be interesting to mix because a lot of these cocktails that rely on the sweetness of the rum to make the cocktail. And I think that's what I was trying not, to say. Yeah, this would not hit it. Yeah, no. And you know it's funny. Mitchell actually brings up one that I I actually agree with a lot, and I I'm surprised that I forgot to bring this up earlier. But Diplomatico, I've had Diplomatico. It's a Dominican rum. It's a great rum. I've had that rum before, and I remember I bought a bottle of it several years ago uh, on the recommendation of a friend, and I was like, wow, this is really good. And I haven't explored it recently. Well, not really. I shouldn't say explore, but I haven't had it recently, and I, I am due to revisit that one. So that's a good one, From too. a sipping standpoint, that one's kind of almost like the bamboo. Like yeah. The Diplomatico, for me, it's a little bit too sweet on the sipping standpoint. I like the the older rums as the sippers, the 15 years, the 18 years, 25, 30 years. Those are your good, really good sippers, but they're also cost prohibitive for a lot of people. So aside from the Ronza Kappa. Yeah, I mean, the Ronza Kappa, is a, it, it's, it's sweet, but I feel like it's not too sweet. It's still pretty universal as a rum. Mm-hmm. It mixes well, but it's it's still it's still good enough to drink it straight. The Havana Club, the Seven Años, this is a straight drinking rum from my standpoint. It is a good rum, no doubt about it. But it's not one that I'd probably make cocktails with, just me personally. Um, Which is unusual because usually the lower aged rums typically are going to be your mixing rums. Where you get to the older, the older rums are going to be your sippers. Yeah. So this one being seven years is relatively young in the aged rum world and it's a really good sipper i want to take a moment to just talk about the news really quickly our news is once again brought to you by mccallough cigars if you head over to mccall uh, sorry that's the old ad head over to smokingtobacco.com today and check out kevin's review of the mccallough black toro which was rated 91 at smokingtobacco.com and it also placed at the number four spot on our 2023 cigar of the year list which is also at smokingtobacco.com you can check that out under our awards 2023 tab at the top of the page you'll find all of the awards that we have already announced as well as ones that are to come we have a few more left to unveil that we're still finalizing but um as part of our news this week i'm actually going to talk about some in-house stuff because i just it's that time of year and I might as well. So as I mentioned, you know, we're doing our awards. Yesterday we we released another award. Uh, we have a couple out there already, so go check them out, but I just wanted to take a moment to recognize our 2023 person of the year has gone to Carlos Carlito Fuente Jr. And there's a there's a lot of reasons why. And if you read my article that I wrote pertaining to that award, you'll you'll find out. So I, I I won't I won't get too deep into it. You should go to the website and you should read it. It's a good read. I know that that everyone over in that group has been very excited all day. I haven't had a chance to really chat with them too much because I've I've had such a long day. But I I know they're very excited. So it's it's a well deserved win. You know, it, I what I will say in a nutshell is, you know, Carlito has has done a lot in the last couple of years that I think a lot of people don't really realize or know. And that's not, that's kind of by design, I think too, uh, that, you know, as as much as people, you know, see the things he does do in the spotlight, there's a lot of stuff he does outside the spotlight that, you know, unless you're really keeping tabs on him and following and really paying attention, you might just miss, but there's, there's a lot of things that, 
he's done personally for the business that that Arturo Fuente as a company has done that has really helped them continue to evolve to their next chapter of uh, you know where they want to be. I can tell you that that company and everyone there has plans and ambitions, and they've already begun to roll out. I think the next phase of what the Arturo Fuente company is going to become, which is far greater than premium handmade cigars. They have ambitions to do things way beyond cigars. And anyone who, who's you know been paying attention, I think, probably can figure that out. And it's by design. I mean, it, some people might may have seen it like, oh, like they're they're doing all these other things, but it's not that they're being distracted from cigars. They're 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 expanding on what they're doing, and they've done a great job of that. You know, Carlito also has been spending a lot more time, you know, getting back into retail shops, which I know is something that you know he he's been absent from for a little while, and I. I know he he he's he spoke to me today and it told me you know in 2024 it's just going to keep continuing so you know he he's been doing a lot on that front. I know he has a lot of interesting things planned for 2024 and beyond and you know outside of all of that uh he was uh, one of the handful of people who really spent a lot of time and money as a manufacturer supporting you know PCA Cigar Rights of America making trips to Washington, really being involved with all the FDA stuff, and more specifically to the case that happened last year with Judge Mehta that was thrown out, for those of you who know, where the FDA was told that they cannot regulate premium cigars, and which was monumental for the cigar industry. But he, along with Rocky Patel and you know a handful of others that really spent a lot of time, a lot of money on help really supporting that cause, you know, and, and, and it's, it's very important because it's for the greater good of everybody who enjoys premium cigars. And, you know, you, you can read more about it. Like I said, in depth, smokingtobacco.com. but yeah, he's our, he's our 2023 person of the year. Yeah. He, he made an impact on the industry and, you know, we felt, we felt that it was worth being recognized. So I just want to say congratulations to him. Shout out to him. Also, we announced best show guest of 2023, which has gone to, once again, Steve Saka. That's a pretty easy one. It's mostly based on who had the most traffic on our shows and between the show and our trade show videos combined. I I don't even have to include the trade show, but I do just because it's also so off the charts, like the views on all his stuff from last year, just by thousands and thousands exceeded everybody else and any other thing we did. So that, that that's another big one too. Steve's been having a great year. Krakatoa, Mike Reed of Lack, both placed high on our list this year. We did announce our cigar of the year. We've talked about that. And what else have we announced for our awards? There was there was another one we've already released. We released oh, accessory of the year. Palio Pistola, which I don't have with me, from Quality Importers. That's our accessory of the year. Cigar of the year, Davidoff, anniversary number one. And uh, we still have our factory of the year, our company of the year. And the airport selfie contest. I know everyone wants to know who's going to win that. So it's down Dude, to like, that one's going to be a big one. There's been a lot of fighting over those three. <sighs> I want to say it's down to like three people at this point. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't, but I think it's like down to like three people. One of them, everybody probably already knows, but I'm still not going to say it. But if you pay attention enough, you probably know who that one person is. But I will say this is the last year we're doing it. We're not, we're not doing it again. You know, between like just like I, you know, I really thought like, hey, I'm gonna offer a great prize and I'm gonna like pick this up. And I think you know, Coop was out there and discouraged Terrence Riley. 
as Terrence Riley kept posting, like, who took this out of my... <laughs> I don't know what happened between those two, but... Yeah, but dude, that was always a Terrence Riley ploy, though. I know. He kind of he he blames towards the negative side, but it's Terrence still blames Coop. traffic. He's like, Coop discouraged everyone. And I'm like, it's not his fault. You know, he just got tired of it because, you know, people got sick of it when he was doing it. And I said, I'll I'll do it if you give me your blessing because I don't want to step on toes. And Coop's like, knock yourself out. And I said, okay. And no. It, <laughs> it, got, it got attention. It didn't get the attention I was hoping it would get. But, you know, whatever. So I think the internal discussion was we won't do it again. So this, this will be the, uh, the first and final airport selfie award. That we're doing at smoking tobacco, and if someone else wants to pick it up, God bless you. I I did it, and it was, it went okay, but I'm not doing it again. Not a five hundred dollars. That's I was ambitious. I thought, hey, this will get people. It no, but we still have that one to do. So keep an eye on that. Probably will be the last one we do, just because the other ones are kind of not to be that way, but they're kind of a little bit more important. The airport selfie one's kind of more fun, but. So we'll probably save that one for last. But uh, yeah, that's our news for the week. So don't forget to head over to smokingtobacco.com for more on all of our awards and stuff. You can read all about it as they continue to trickle out. So, but anyway, you know I see how this is going to play out because you're going to announce the airport selfie winner probably right before TPE where Barbara and I will be the ones that will receive the, the, the positive feedback or the fallout from the results of that. Yeah. So, so TPE, that's true, and I'm glad you brought this up. So I'll, I'll not that it really matters, but I'll, I'll just let people know. So I won't be at TPE this year, but Kevin and Barbara will be there representing Smoking Tobacco. So Smoking Tobacco will be there, but I won't be there. So for those who are going to TPE, sorry, you're not going to see me. But so yeah, if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, Kevin and Barbara, you can find them on the trade show floor, and you can can uh, give them all your uh, your hate mail if you so and, have some. And fans of the show, anything that you want to see or anything you want us to dig up while we're at the show, you know, message us through Facebook and we'll do our best to get you the answers that you're looking for. You can also email us. It's All of our emails are pretty easy. It's our first names at smokeandtobacco.com. And if you know how to spell smokeandtobacco.com, which I know how that sounds, but you'd be surprised. S-M-O-K-I-N-T-A-B-A-C-C-O.com. You know, you can shoot us an email there and or you can go to the contact us page on the website. But yeah, there's there's multiple ways. You can contact us and let us know what you want to see at TPE. What you want to... Sorry. Sorry to yawn. Uh, yeah, what do you want to see? What You know, what do you want to see covered or, you know, asked about? Or if you have questions for manufacturers you want Kevin to ask? Whatever it is, just let us know. And we'll... Uh, and same thing for PCA you know, which we'll cross that bridge a little bit later, but you know, but yeah, I mean, at any time you can always ask us. And like Kevin said, we'll get that. We'll, we'll look into that for you. I was curious as to who was going to be releasing what for TPE or what the number of show releases are going to be. And they're starting to trickle in. So trickles a good, that's word. actually, yes, there's still going to be some. So that makes for a interesting show for a week away for a week away. They're, trickling we've got like what five yeah i don't really know what i expected with pca being so close this year but five is a good number i expect to see it probably double prior to showtime i think there's people who are going to go because they were already committed i think there's people who are going to go because they find that it's a different market of you know business customers that they can appeal to which makes sense to me don't get me wrong it's a completely different market 
PCA. Yeah. It really is. But there's there's also a lot of people who have been going to TPE the last couple of years who I know are not going. Because, you know, they're going to save it for PCA, which is just mm-hmm. under two months later. And it's like, why are you going to go to Vegas twice? You know, someone like Steve Saka, for example, like Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, as popular as it is, they're still not as big as, you know, Drew Estate, you know, Jay-Z Newman. Right. You know, they only have so many cigars they can take orders for. So, you know, why is Steve, you know, if push comes to shove, he's not picking TP over PCA. I know that. I know Steve, he's going to be like, no, we're going to PCA. You know, he's going to wait. So, like, I know he won't be a TP. There's a lot of people like him. In the, in the small to small, medium-sized company range, no, nah, they won't be a TP. Just as, especially and this I, year, it doesn't make sense. And I do see some at TPE that aren't going to be a PCA. So, I mean, that, that there is two sides to that coin. So That's true. And that one's a little bit more strange to me, I guess. But I, there's... I think it's a financial... It's a financial... That's mark. true. It's a hell of a lot cheaper to come to TPE than it is to go to PCA for these guys. That's true. That's true. And I and I I and I know that for for like smaller brands that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you know anyone that's medium or bigger, I'd be like, really? Do you hate the PCA that much? But no, it's interesting. Boutique PCA- the boutique cigar area at PCA is a game changer in that regard, though. Yeah, you know it's funny. We talk about, you know, and we'll be getting into PCA in a couple of weeks when we get a little bit closer to it. But, but yeah, I mean, this, it's, it's going to be an interesting show this year. It's earlier, new venue ish. Three of the four will be back unless, you know, Davidoff decides to come back at the last minute, the final hour. They have, as far as I know, as of today, they have no plans on returning. We'll ask Eddie I don't, about it next week. I don't but, see it. I don't see it happening. Me either. They will be a TPE, by the way, but they mm-hmm. will not be a PCA. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to find another way to get any of the award. Someone already made the comment, like, oh, you can't present that award at PCA. I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, I'll still get it to him. Will you just send it to me so I can give it to him next week? Is he going to be here? I would assume Davidoff's going to be here, so I would I would assume that he's going to be here. I doubt he's going to be there because he agreed to come on the show, which is at the same time as the trade show. And I don't think he's going to do that if he's in Vegas. I don't think he's going to be there. I could be wrong, but he's scheduled to come on next week at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is 5 p.m. your time, which is the time that the show closes for the day. Now, see, that would have been an interesting thing to get him live in studio here if he is going to be here. Yeah, that would have been that would have been tight. I didn't even think of that. I know he was in the Dominican. He was in the factory, and he was supposed to call me sometime this week when he got back. So I actually haven't talked to him about it, but I didn't I didn't even think of that. I'm like, yeah, TPE, Davidoff's gonna be there. But I don't know. Something tells me he won't he won't be there. But I could be wrong. Maybe he is, and he's I don't know. I have to touch base with him on that. But if you need to discuss base with him, if he is, and I mean this is probably a discussion for off the air, but if that's if he is gonna be here, that's something we should try and make happen. Yeah, but I mean, we scheduled this quite a while ago, and we went over the schedule pretty diligently. I feel like if if he was going to be a TP, that would have been an issue. So I don't think he's going to be there. That's what leads me to believe, because he probably he, he most likely would have been like, oh, "I'm at TP," like no, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. But now he he said he was fully available. So unless he made a mistake with his calendar, I don't think he's going to be there. But we'll find out. But that's next week's show. Unless something changes, <laughs> Eddie Guerra will be here. 
I'm very excited for you. Kevin probably won't be because he'll be on the trade show floor. Oops, excuse me. He'll yeah, be on we'll the see if floor. we can maybe get a couple live updates or you know, post some video from the show over the three days of the show. If you uh, if you're in a good if you're in a good Wi-Fi spot, you could probably dial in, say hello. I don't know. We'll see. I won't hold you to it. But anyway, Kevin, I want to get back to you really quick on your uh, on your rums that that you were drinking. And did you finish any of them yet? I finished my first one. That's that's been gone. Oh, I, yeah, the 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 old Cuban's long gone, and this is actually my second pour of the Havana Club, and the mojito is almost gone. I've kind of been bouncing back and forth. This the the Casa Fuente Mojito is heavenly. Yeah. But I've also only had a salad since I've been home from work, so I don't want to get overly buzzed because I do have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, me too. But I'm already losing that battle, so we might as well keep going. But I will say that the the Coyoar was definitely the right choice for cigar. Yeah. Yeah, this Perdomo Sungrown, the Habano Bourbon Battle Aged, I mean... It's gone well with with my you know my sweeter you know cocktail with the sweeter rum, with the Havana Club just neat in the glass. It's 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 worked very well through both, which are very different. The flavor with the cigar has has been matched. There's nothing that I hate more than hates a strong word, dislike more than a cigar that doesn't pair well with 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 a drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because and, and anyone who's been doing this long enough knows i mean you just get such a contrast it's just they 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 conflict with each other and it's like uh when you can sip on something and smoke on something and it all just kind of nice tastes nice on your palate together that's a good that's a good pairing once you start getting stuff fighting each other and it's like well then you don't want it you're like well i don't want the cigar because it's every time i have the rum that just takes this mm-hmm. has been this has been great throughout it's been very versatile the sun grown was a great choice it really was I will say that the Coyoar does not pair the greatest with the Havana Club. Interesting. The rum, actually, the rum actually maybe overruns it a little bit. Okay. Which is weird because this is supposed to be, you know, full flavor, full body. I attribute it probably more medium full, probably right in the middle of the medium full range. So it's <clears throat> it's not as strong as advertised. I mean, these are also probably four years old so they've aged a little bit so i'm sure some of the strength is kind of backed out of it so it'd be interesting to see these fresh to see how they would hold up to the stronger rum yeah that's true tell you the heavy a club is good but they are perfect with the old cuban or the mojito yeah the heavy a clubs like i said it's very different but it's it is smooth and it's nice and it has a very nice unique profile mm-hmm. Oh man, that is good. I if just you like cognac, you'll like Havana Club. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's the right. I think that's the right way to describe it. It's it's bolder, less sweet, mm-hmm. but it's it's got enough sweetness on the end to let it stand on its own. But yeah, I mean that's that's Cuban rum for you, and there's others too. I mean there are others that are not like that. That's just the particular one that I happen to grab. I have others. But the the seven años is probably the the one that I drink the most. Uh, that's what I grabbed. It is. It's delicious. It's if you can get your hands on a bottle, I I do recommend it. Can be a little tricky, but you know, especially if you're traveling outside the U.S., you know, if you can grab a bottle and bring it back, it's 
it's it's worth it. It's worth it. It's uh, and it's not too expensive either. I believe like I I think what what Mitchell if Mitchell's still here he'll tell me. But I think I gave him for two bottles and shipping. I think I gave him like sixty bucks, seventy bucks. So it's not like it's you know like a hundred dollar bottle or anything like that. I mean it's you know pretty. Well, that's the beauty of a lot of rums. Those the really tasty stuff is not atrociously expensive as some of the bourbons or the scotches are. That's true. That's true. The other thing we didn't talk about tonight, even though it's it's supposed to be a rum show, but we started getting into other spirits. One of the things I didn't really get into too much was tequila. Now, it's funny because I enjoy tequila a lot, and I enjoy the taste of tequila. But tequila just doesn't sit well with me. And I don't mean like I get sick. I just It always seems to give me a headache and wear me down when I drink it, which is unfortunate, because, and it can be very acidic sometimes to me mm-hmm. but i love the taste i love the taste of tequila i love it but i just i just I, it just never really sits well with me and it, it's discouraged me from drinking it more you know i still drink it here and there but like a few years ago i got into tequila i found a lot of kids like oh man what a reposados and añejos and there was some Blancos. Like this, I found some really good stuff from so many different places. Like Corazon became a quick favorite of mine. There was a Reposado, I think it was. I think it was a Reposado that's aged in the Weller barrels, the Buffalo Trays. I still have like several bottles of that in my stash. Delicious. I made a lot of margaritas with it and some other like, you know, cocktails and I would drink it neat. Just great, great stuff. And I just, it, I, I just, I stopped drinking it so much because it just, uh, I just, it didn't, wasn't sitting well with me, and I just always felt horrible after. And, and like I said, it wouldn't make me throw up or anything. It's just, I just, I don't know, I just didn't really sit with me well, and it's disappointing because I love it a lot. But and now I have a bunch of tequila still that I, I don't drink as much as I'd like to. But <laughs> you know, someone will drink it. People will come over. It's all good stuff. But. That's uh that's my that's my stance on tequila. But this was a good show. This was fun. I'll I'm glad we did this. This was nice to not have a guest and then just hang out, just drink. I definitely drank more than you did, I think. Oh, I, I agree. What did I have? I had two cocktails and two pours, so mm, Yeah, I had a pretty strong cocktail because I, I had I added rum to it. I I put a good amount, then I was like, I'm gonna put a little more. And then I, I've been trying to be pretty sly about it, but I, I've had a couple of glasses of the Savannah Club Seven Años because I've been really enjoying it, and yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And one of the best, one of the best pole drinks ever: passion fruit juice with rum. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love passion fruit. It's, you can't go wrong with passion. Fruit. It's so good. I've had it so many different ways. Like. And we actually had breakfast at a Hawaiian restaurant last weekend, and Barb got to try it for the first time. She goes, "Oh my god, that's good!" You had a where? At a what restaurant? Hawaiian. Which restaurant? Zippy's. You went to Zippy's. We went to Zippy's. You didn't tell me you went to Zippy's. How was it? We went to Zippy's. It was amazing. Our our oh. off road group. Our off road group had their anniversary party at Zippy's. Because that just yeah, opened had, out there, didn't breakfast. it? Yeah, we had breakfast at Zippy's and went on a went on a trail run that turned into an adventure, at least for Barb and I. But I remember asking you about Zippy's when I saw that, like, oh, Las Vegas gets the first Zippy's. I was like, oh, and I texted you, and you were like, what the fuck is Zippy's? And I was like, 
you know about zip and now you like you know it's like the greatest thing now to you and i'm like yeah i've been waiting was, to hear was, about it and you didn't tell me <laughs> we went and you know we went in and the parking lot was packed i think a lot of it was due to our four our four wheel drive club was there yeah and we went in they said oh yeah, it's going to be 20 minutes to a half hour and it literally took us like three minutes to get a table oh wow so it was it was good and the and, and the food was served equally as quick so great food but that was an experience and it's always fun for me for barb to experience something new where is the zippies yeah. out there it's it's about five minutes from the house all right so it's 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 away from the strip then. It's, on, it's, it's it's a local yeah, joint the then. yeah yeah it's a rain, rainbow in the 215 so it's about 10 minutes from the strip yeah but it was it was so good and that was definitely the highlight of the day when uh, are you road run not, not so great this this is more of an off air thing, but I'm, I want to ask you now before I forget: Are you working on Thursday when I get to town, or Wednesday? Whenever I, go, I think it's Thursday, I get to town. Are you working that day? What for PCA? Yeah, I'll be off. All right, good because we get in very early, and there's a lot of non-tourist trade show strip stuff that I want to do with you, and Zippies might be on that list now. I don't know for sure. There's, there's we a, we, definitely maybe we'll make sure to take you guys around. There's, there's there's some non there's some locals things I want to do and that might be the time to do it so we'll see for well, sure but everybody that's <laughs> in Vegas make the trip out to Zippy's it'll be worth your while mm. and that, is, that is a totally unbiased unpaid advertising plug for Zippy's. <laughs> fucking good yeah I I first heard about Zippy's from Matt Unins on Follow the Money which is a a show on Vsin for sports betting. And they did a whole fast food episode and they ranked all the fast food and you you've heard of that show. They do it at mm-hmm. they recorded at South Point and yeah. they did a whole show on fast food and I remember he was like, "Oh, and then there's Zippies." And they were like, "What Zippies?" And I was like, "Huh." And I remember I there was like there was a couple on there he mentioned that I had never heard of before. And that's where I first heard about it and I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, like this place looks good." And then, you know, last year I saw the story, "Oh, Las Vegas gets is they're getting the first Zippies outside Hawaii, and I was like, "Ooh, I want to go there." Because if anybody well, when likes you walk fast into food, the it's restaurant, <laughs> when you walk into the restaurant and ninety-five percent of the clientele is either Hawaiian or Asian, you know it's going to be good. Oh yeah, yeah. Always, always oh. read the room when you go to. Depending on the like, when it's you know a specific cuisine, yeah, read mm-hmm. the room. If those people are there, it's probably good because and they have they'll the know what good food stuff. is. They have their regular menu stuff, and then they have a, like daily menu items that change, obviously daily, that are based on the local fare in Hawaii. Oh, daily? You, you know, so, you know so there's always so there's always something, always something new to try. Yeah, Barbara made but, a good point. The staff too, very true, mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, the staff was outstanding. You know, I had like I got those the the zip pack plate, which was it was a piece of fried chicken piece of spam a piece of fish and a piece of steak with a with rice with cilantro and something else mixed in with it but on the plate was this big round yellow hard thing just a slice and i was like huh what's that so of course i didn't know what it was so that was the first thing i ate and it's like holy shit this is really good so i asked the waitress what is this she goes it's a pickled radish she goes you want more i'm like hell yeah i want more so she brought me another plate with a couple more pieces on there and it was outstanding but the staff there was was over the top 
Pickled radish. Pickled radish. I thought you were going to say like pineapple because like pineapple is like big in Hawaii. You it, said literally, it literally tasted. I mean, if you actually take one item that tastes like coleslaw, I guess would be probably the the closest comparator that somebody could associate with without you know going crazy or outside the box. It literally tasted like you're eating coleslaw. And it was just one food item. Huh. Yeah. It was put, really good. Put that on my list. Places to go. But yeah, when you come out, we will take you to Zippy's if you want to go to Zippy's. We'll, we'll, we will make time for Zippy's run. Zippy's. Yeah, that's. I've been wanting to go to Zippy's for a few years now. And now that there's one in the mainland, I have to go. Because I've, I've, I've looked into it. And I'm excited. But anyway, I think that's going to do it for our show this week. We've been on here for almost two hours. This is a long show for the Smoke Tobacco Show. And we still got... Well, you don't. You don't have three hours this weekend. I do with Coop and Mitchell. So this is a... This is a... While you you were uh, enjoying Coop and Mitchell, Barb and I will be watching the Las Vegas Desert Dogs professional lacrosse team. Yeah, I forgot that you guys are into lacrosse, too, because you've been to a few other games before. I remember we've, we've talked about it. We're actually season ticket holders for the Desert Dogs, and it's actually really cool. Oh, that reminds me, not to like change the subject. It's kind of on theme, but it's that reminds me. So we're a few weeks away from Las Vegas Super Bowl. Has it been as nightmarish as F1, or is it kind of more laid back? For certain properties that are close to the to the to stadium, it's been as nightmarish as F1, but as a whole, no. Because F1 literally affected the whole town. Yeah. The Super Bowl is affecting just a small region of the strip. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, obviously talking to you and and just following it on the news that the F1 thing seemed like it was kind of a nightmare. And the track from the drivers, from what I read from the drivers, the drivers didn't particularly love the track either. So I don't know. But I, as far as I know, it's still confirmed for, again, for 2024. It is. We have, we've got a 10-year contract. Uh, the interesting thing I mean, I'm an F1 fan and I did not have high expectations. And even though Max Verstappen won, the race as a whole was actually a very entertaining race and probably one of the better F1 races from last season. Hmm. So there was, there was a lot to be said leading up to it with the practice and with the water valve coming up and damaging the Ferrari and canceling practice on the first night. You take that out of the equation. It was actually a very successful weekend for them. And the race as a whole was, it, it was a win. It was a win for F1. It was a win for, uh, you know, for us here in Vegas. So very I, I, cool. I, and I expect 2024 to be a little bit better. I mean, you know, you learn a lot of things the first time around with anything. And I'm sure that they'll, they learned a lot. And they'll make some changes. And I expect the next one to be probably a little bit better. The um, one I'm really looking forward to is 2026 because that'll be the first season. They're the, they're all going to have new cars in 2026. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the F1. The F1 season as a whole is going to be dramatically different that year. Going to have a new team, some new drivers, and, and everybody's going to have a new car. So I think it's going to make a big difference for fans of the sport. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I've been getting more and more into F1 the last couple of years and, you know, I've been following it. And, you know, I, would, I remember, you know, when NASCAR went to the next gen car last year, it was, it was, it was kind of a big deal. And, you know, there was a lot of issues with that car and it kind of made it interesting to watch because, you know, 
you watch the teams and the drivers adjust to to just that and everyone has the same problem because everyone has you know everyone's in the new car together so you know it, it it is interesting to watch so f1 obviously much different racing but the concept is the same you know the the teams and the strategy and you know it it throws a wrench into it i think for you know the first few seasons and then by the time you get it down and dialed in you know you get running for a while and then the new car comes along so it's the nature of the sport. for me <laughs> For me, the F1 race here, like on a cool factor standpoint, the company I work for, we own the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. It's on permanent lease to Clark County, Nevada. But it was really cool to see the Welcome to Las Vegas sign on the side pod, on not on the side pod, but actually on the bodywork of one of the cars with our company's logo on it. Yeah. And so the company got advertised on international TV. So that was really cool to see because that was unexpected as, you know, nobody from the company even knew that it was going to be on there. And lo and behold, they show a close up of it and there it is. And they actually even zoomed in on their logo. So that was neat. Yeah. The, the, uh, the young electric sign company Mm -hmm. for those who, uh, who don't know, also known as Yesco. They go back quite a, quite a ways very important company. If you've seen 102, 102 years in the sign business. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've worked on some of their signs before too. It's, it's kind of cool, but Hey, listen, I'm looking at the time. We got to wrap this up. I, Kevin, right we, we had a great fucking yeah, time. We got, we went, we got on another tangent. Yeah. We, 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 this was good. And someone, someone who commented, I saw it somewhere. Kevin O'Connor, the laid back show episode was fun. Great show. Yeah. You know, we got to do more of these this year. You know, we, we've gotten into this cycle of having a guest every week and, you know, which is, Cool, but you know, shows like this are fun too, and we've got to do more of these. And I've been trying to plan them that way. So, and again, to our fans, if you have something that you want us to cover, or you have a topic that you want to see on the show, send us an email. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we can, we can definitely see if we can accommodate. Yeah, Kevin, thank you for bringing that up. Help, write to us, please. Don't be shy. However you want to get, just write to us some way, shape, or form. It's 2024. You can reach us in 100 different ways. Let us know. You got questions, comments, concerns, things you want to see on the show, things you want to see at the trade shows, cigars you want to see reviewed, opinions, stuff like that. Please write to us. Let us know. We will get back to you. One of us will get back to you. You can write to any one of us. It doesn't have to be me. It can be Kevin. It can be Mitchell. It can be Nicole. You know, write to us. Write to us. Write to us. Write to us. It's always, always welcomed. And you know what? We'll probably read it off on the show if you read it to us. We've we've done it before. Mm-hmm. So most definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll read your we'll read your stuff on the show unless you ask us not to. But so that'll do it. That was good. I'm feeling good. I'm half in the bag. I'm ready for bed because I have to be up <laughs> in six and a half hours. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Everywhere you can get your podcast, all the podcast platforms, as well as our YouTube channel. And on social media as well. Don't forget to visit smokingtobacco.com for more news, reviews, and other updates from the cigar industry. All of our trade show coverage brought to you by Drew Estate once again this year. And we'll see you on Saturday night, the Spare Notes series. Me, Mitchell, Coop. Coop's finally back. It's been too long. I told him, I said, you're coming back this week. We need to see your face on the show. And we have we have quite a lot of things that we're going to talk about. We have a wide range of stuff. We have to get caught up because Coop hasn't been on in 
like two months. So there's a lot of things I know that we have talked to him about that we're going to talk about on the show. It's going to be a long show. So make sure you get a couple of cigars ready, a couple of drinks. Make sure you're comfortable. Make sure you're ready to go. It's going to be a long show Saturday night. Get ready. Buckle up. It'll be a good time. I hope to see you there. We'll see you then. Take care. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.